You are listening to the Whatsoever 168 podcast with Jen Renault. Thank you for checking out our Whatsoever 168 podcast. I am your host, Jen Renault, and today I am abundantly overjoyed to have launched this podcast with my first guest. She's a special lady who lives in the Diocese of Orlando. She is a daughter, a wife, a mother, and a mentor. She's worked in youth ministry, young adult ministry, and in marriage prep. When she is not wearing her Supergirl cape, she is planning retreats helping launch a podcast, making friends at the most unlikely of places, acting as the vice president of mission effectiveness, working on her whatsoever project, welcoming strangers and crushing bugs. Let's get this party started with my amazing guest, Amanda Livermore. Welcome, Amanda Livermore. How are you, Amanda? I'm great. How are you, Jen? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here with us today on our podcast. Um, as you know, when you, you and I spoke, we talked about the Whatsoever 168 and the name behind that and how this is operating off the principle of Matthew 25, whatsoever you do to the least of my people, you know, that you do unto me. And of course, I know in the new translation, I have, so you have your Bible out. In the new translation, it says, whatever you do, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, whatever 168 doesn't sound quite as cool. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to my roots, my Catholic morning days back at Immaculate Conception. Shout out to my former teachers in Hialeah, Father Judah Doherty, our pastor. But it goes back to the Matthew 25 principle, whatsoever you do. And so with that in mind, what I'd like to do first is just kind of jump into what your whatsoever project is, your ministry, your calling, and then we'll just go from there and see where it unfolds. So thanks for being here. You're my guinea pig. And I really, (laughs) of all people, I'm so glad that God put you on my heart because when he first put this project on my heart um, and I said, okay, I said, yes, I was thinking about well, who, who are you leading me to? And you were one of the top names. So we love you. We're glad you're here. And so tell us a little bit about your project. Thanks, Jen. Well, um, of course, you and I had a chance to meet uh, at a different whatsoever project on mission and, and doing that work um, in the Dominican Republic. So it's so good to see you again and uh, just to be one of those um, one of those inspirations and those people. You certainly are that for me as well that um, I feel like is just doing our best every day to live the faith and um, to be that that witness to Christ uh, in our lives, even amidst all of the um, bumps and bruises and, and things along the way. Um, so when, when you invited me here, I, I was going back and forth because one whatsoever project for me, I really just see is my vocation as wife and mother and the way that I try to live my faith within that calling. But the other whatsoever project, and I think the one the Lord's leading me to to share today is the work that I get to do at Bishop Moore Catholic, um, which of course is where we are today chatting, and uh, I get to serve 1,500 teenagers, 9th through 12th grade every day here, um, and, and within that really help them grow in their faith and their recognition of each of them being created uniquely as a child of God mm-hmm. um, with a role in this world, but then also to grow um, in their understanding of who God is and in their relationship with Him, which takes, of course, thousands of different um, practices every day the way that that comes to life. So, Right. It, it's amazing because I used to be a school teacher as well, and so I, I know that whole, um, you have all those students, these you have 1,500 other children now, right? Right. And so on that car ride home, you take 
you take their stories home with you. Mm-hmm. And you said that your other pro- whatsoever or ministry, <laughs> if you will, uh, is wife and mom too. How does do these kind of ever intersect these little projects? Absolutely, um, and and in ways that I could have never anticipated. So. You do come home from work uh, with all of those um, stories and certainly things that I share. Uh, but then also I've had the blessing of, of being able to invite my kids onto campus and to be a part of the different things that are happening here. And so I'm ministering to the Bishop Moore kids and then what has happened is they in turn are ministering to my children. Uh, so an example of that would be the work that I've done with the girls lacrosse team. Um, I've worked with them now for five years on retreat, and um, they uh, have been growing so profoundly in faith, uh, and I've been so inspired by them. Now, my daughter has started playing lacrosse, and wow. she is, um, has been coming out to practices and whatnot, and she looks up to these girls. And so I'm mom, of course. I'm, right. you know, It doesn't matter if the Bishop Moore kids think I'm cool. My, my kids certainly will not think I'm cool. Um, I'm walking that with you right now. <laughs> That's right. So, um, but yet then she's able to hear maybe certain things she wouldn't be able to hear from me or she hears them from mom. But then when she's seeing high school kids that are really cool, um, mm-hmm. that uh, have an active prayer life, that are actively trying to grow in their own faith, um, that are actively trying to make choices that are maybe countercultural, but are helping them grow um, and be the best version of themselves. Uh, and, and that's who my daughter's able to look up uh-huh. to. So it, it is um, beautiful, both in, in the way I'm able to bring those stories home, but I think more importantly, as they're seeing it come to life themselves. Right. It's that whole, um, I, I spoke about it before, um, there, there's a book titled Bless and Be Blessed. Right, and so we go out, we bless, and and, and, and it's not that we bless, we're, we also, it, it's not that the bl- that we're blessing is not important, and it's not that we do it for any other, other ulterior motive, but in return that we are blessed too, in ways that we can't even right. conceive of. So, okay, so you spoke about the lacrosse team and the retreat that you went on with the lacrosse team. Are you going on retreats with other sports team as well, or are you just biased to the lacrosse <laughs> girls, or how's that unfold? Um, uh, yeah, girl power. Girl power. We do love my girls lacrosse. Uh, no, actually, it's been wonderful. So when I started here, it was that traditional kind of Catholic school approach of your four class retreats. Um, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. We had reconciliation twice a year um, and some service projects, and those were all very rich. And there was one person working here at the time who was doing all of that, and that certainly kept him wow. very busy. When I came on and and the principal and the president here actually had such vision for um, saying that that's not enough, that our students deserve more than that, that really one individual caring for all of their um, faith development was not enough. So he actually brought brought me in to focus on our Catholic identity across the board um, in this role of vice president of mission effectiveness. Um, and then now I have a team of six people, uh, oh, wow. who, all of whom are dedicated to the faith development of these 1,500 kids. Not to mention, um, I would say, all of our faculty and staff really are in, in their own unique ways as well. We have people in every department who are so, so focused on the faith development of these kids. So um, that's so important. So with that said, to answer your question about sports, um, we noticed that when you have this big class retreat and it's 300, 350 students, mm-hmm. and they're kind of coming because they have to. Right. And let's be honest, right? That's bringing kind of a, not as much of an openness as one might hope. Right. And peer pressure is real. So even if there was a kid that was coming saying, 
all right, I'm going to give this a shot, but then they're sitting next to the, the student that does not particularly want to be there, um, you can imagine that uh, uh, that impacts, you know, kind of the receptivity of the, the students on the retreat. So that was something we recognized. And it actually started with our boys' football team. Um, the coach was so open to the idea of hosting a retreat for the boys. And he was already doing a camp, but he said, let's bring a priest, Father Leo Hodges, who's wow. here. I don't know if you know Father Leo. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a retreat with these boys. And honestly, I could not have expected uh, the the results that we had. I had underestimated the power of a team culture and of trust that's developed among teammates and then what that could translate to as we're kind of trying to deepen our faith here. So these boys who might not have been receptive and open on a senior retreat, all of a sudden surrounded by their teammates with something that they share a passion, which is football, um, all of a sudden they totally went there with me. You know, they were totally willing to say, who is God in my life and where have I fallen short and where do I want to be better? And we made goals together and um, created this whole um, just beautiful experience for them. Um, And they, it was beautiful because they allowed it and they said, yes, Uh, that same week we had a girls volleyball retreat that went incredibly well. Um, And the girls, again, it was an overnight retreat experience. And I was blown away by uh, their encounter with Christ in the Eucharist, their encounter with Christ in each other. And then those two teams happened to win states that year. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Which was great for my retreat program. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Superpowers of man. I put on the cape and the little cross and an A. Yeah. So I did have to explain to them that our faith is not a magic lamp that we just rub and say, if we pray X number of times, we get the thing we're asking for. But that's um, a challenge. Uh, it is a That's challenge. a challenge with these kids. Well, I prayed and I didn't get it. Exactly. And then when you talk about, well, sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's wait. Right. They don't want to hear they, that. Mm-mm. They want the state championship ring. Right. And, and Amanda that, brought that. The, so they're like, woo. <laughs> well, and isn't that true for all of us in our sure. prayer lives where it's almost like we want it like a gumball machine. I put the 25 yeah. cents in, <laughs> I get the blessing out, right? right? Like that's how we want it to work. That's, that's not how our faith life works. That's not how prayer right. works. But what I did explain to them is... Um, when Christ is at the center of whatever we're doing, we are at our best. For me as a wife and a mother, if I'm putting Christ at the center of that, I'm at my best. If in my work, if I'm putting Christ at the center of that, I'm at my best. And for them as athletes, but also as brothers and sisters and sons and daughters and friends and and students um, in academics, if Christ is at the center of that, they will be at their best. And if that best happens to be a state championship, mm-hmm. great. But that best might be something totally different. And so we try to help them see how to weave that in, not only on the, on the field, on the court, um, but then also within their lives. So now at Bishop Moore Catholic, every sports team at the varsity level gets a retreat. Wow. Um, I There's think, an incentive to work hard and get oh, on the JV man, team, right? <laughs> They're hit the gym, yeah, guys. Hit the gym. But then also now we're starting um, so that the culture is built very early on uh, sure. something with um, our JV programs as well. And then some teams like our boys golf team, who I love working with, um, they uh, bring kind of a, there's isn't really a JV varsity program because 
depending on how they're shooting. I don't know. I don't know anything about golf, friends. So um, I tried to go out and take a couple lessons. It wasn't pretty. My husband uh, plays, ar- he calls it, he's actually the golf coach. He goes, I play army golf, left, right, left, right. That's and, it. Uh, but those kids all go to, um, they already all have coaches, like private coaches. So he's like, yeah. I go out there and they make me look good. I drive the golf cart, I cheer. That's right. Right. I pretend like I said sure. something good. Yeah. Right. Um, it's actually so much harder than it looks. Oh, so yeah. now I have such a respect for our golfers. But also, not all of our students are athletes, right? So then we said, okay, well, what other things are teenagers here passionate about, and how can we find God there? So we do a retreat for artists. We do a retreat for our choir. We do a retreat for our band. Um, And those experiences have just been incredibly rich because instead of us saying, stop everything and come to our Catholic thing to learn about God, first we're saying, let me show you where God is in the midst of that thing you already love, Right. in the midst of the people you're already with. And then once they encounter him, they're willing to say, okay, now I'm willing to come to your thing because I've already met that Jesus right. you're talking about. Right. You know, this weekend I just uh, had a, a youth group with middle school and the high school, and we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and, um, and and just exactly what you touched upon, that, that God is where, if you're on your phone, he, he's there. And our... our our role is to help them to know how to invite him there. And I see that you're doing that. And I hadn't planned to go here, but you you brought up the, the male sports teams. And if somebody's inspired by you and what you're doing, and, and I'll, I'll come at it from, the, from a female angle or perspective, how does that work when, I, I get that the girls lacrosse team thinks you rock and that you're awesome, but, and, and not to say that the boys don't think you're awesome, they're probably like, oh, she's so cute. <laughs> However, how do you make that, that connection with the young men, do you bring in other males or are you are you leading it? Are you a primary leader? Uh, so yes to all of that, um, okay. except the part where they think I'm cool. I don't know about all that, but <laughs> um, we have, like I said, we have a really robust team here. There's um, six of us, uh, you know, including two priests. We have a religious sister. We have a campus minister. Um, he's wonderful a director of mission effectiveness he's wonderful our director of campus ministry she's wonderful and each of us brings a different breadth of experience and personality and prayer style and all of those things to the table so it's very possible and does happen often where i'm with a student and i might think oh you'd really connect with mr wolkers better than you're connecting with me or um or his Um, approach to prayer might make more sense to you than mine does and so we actually work really really well together in in connecting the students with um, with one another but also I have to give just crazy props to our coaches and our teachers because even if they don't see themselves as uh, really well-learned theologians um, they are reflecting Christ so much as well so I kind of more so see my role as Um, bringing the tools to the table, but then throughout the season, these coaches and the captains of the teams that I work with to plan these retreats, um, or that my team works with to plan these retreats, they continue that message throughout the season. So I might reconnect with them, or or, um, some of our campus ministry team might reconnect with them, but for the most part, we're hoping that that's occurring on a daily basis. The coaches and the captains really continuing to ring that bell with them and that's the the universal challenge i think is we take these kids on retreats and uh we accompany them 
And then the challenge is they come home, they go back to their real lot, their regular lives. Right, right. And how do you how do you keep that fire stoked? So having that team is fantastic. So you talked about the different roles and and I wanted to address that real quickly. So what is your official title here now? Yeah, so I'm vice president of mission effectiveness and we have a director of mission effectiveness as well, which was my original title. Um, And that was something we made up, which meant that for five years (laughs) we've been figuring out what it means and where, what needs it's filling and it's an ever growing changing position. So, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, so um, originally I had kind of my foot in in two areas, one being the day-to-day life of the students and how are we enhancing Catholic identity there. So not just uh, overseeing campus ministry, although that was a part of it, but also what does our discipline look like? Is that really reflective of our Catholic identity? Mm. Um, what, is, what do our sports teams look like? Are they reflective of our Catholic identity? What's happening in the math classroom, et cetera? So, um, and how are we even supporting our parents on campus? And then the other side of it was helping to tell that story out in the community, finding, um, finding ways to share the good news of what's happening at Bishop Moore, and to be honest, also then getting support for the work that we're doing here. These things all cost money. Sure. They all require resources. Um, so as I'm sharing those stories, then being able to get that, that support back so we can do more and more with our students. Each of those roles kept growing because, as you know, with ministry, the yeah. need is always there. Right. Um, and as you're building disciples, growing disciples, more and more disciples are, are coming forward, which is wonderful. So we then hired this director of mission effectiveness to do predominantly the school side of things and to really focus on curriculum and the day-to-day work. And then for me, the long-term visioning, what, where, where, what's Bishop Moore going to be 10 years from now? Um, you know, Jen, all over the country, there's schools closing, Catholic schools closing, mm-hmm. um, parishes merging. Uh, I mean, the, the numbers um, from strictly just a, a statistic standpoint don't look good for the young church. But what I see here tells a very different story. And so for us to be able to say we're doing everything not just for Bishop Moore to be great tomorrow but for Bishop Moore to be great 50 years from now so that my children's children still have a Catholic school to attend um, that's really really important to me Um, and I think that what we're seeing here of the growth in faith and the growth um, in relationship with God and Catholic identity um, means that the statistics we're seeing nationally don't necessarily have to be um, Kind of a prison for us but instead to say i think we can do better and i'm seeing it happen and i'm seeing it work i love your passion <laughs> i mean you can see i'm looking at your face and just like i just see your little the little fire in your eyes and the twinkle and and so i i want to get i want to hit on that passion so i came in here uh i haven't been in this office yet and i i walk in and i just see i see joy I see God in this office and I see joy. I look around and I see the sign, you know, daughter of the king. I see I am his. I see be strong and do not give up. But then I also see Hail Mary full of grace, punch the devil in the face. So <laughs> this is the Amanda Livermore I know where there there really is. You have such a good balance. Oh, that hits on the part of the lesson that we <laughs> talked about with my kids is having that balance. Right. But then how do we invite God in there? So how who is the person behind Amanda Livermore, vice president of, of mission effectiveness here at Bishop Moore? Who are you and how were you formed for this role? Oh, gosh. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll be right. on here till tomorrow. <laughs> right. How much time does everyone have? Um, 
short story uh, that I, I think I would say cradle Catholic, of course, born and raised in the faith, but really developed that relationship with Christ, um, kind of had a conversion of heart in that way um, as more than just a faith of checking off boxes, probably in my mid-20s. My husband and I kind of then threw actually a young adult ministry at a mm. parish and, and starting that and um, with some other great couples uh, in Lakeland, really started to see our faith as something that was woven through everything that we were doing. Um, started learning things and kind of saying like, why is this something about the Catholic Church that we didn't know? Mm. Um, why doesn't everyone know this? You know, there's so many right. cool things in our faith that, um, that just, I don't know, for some reason... Um, for some reason, I didn't learn them, and and once I started to learn them, I thought this is the coolest faith. You know, everybody needs to right. know this stuff. Um, then, you know, I worked for the diocese for a while in various capacities. First, through young adult ministry. After we created the one in Lakeland, and it did so so well, the diocese asked me to come and um, under a grant help other young adult ministries start around the diocese and I loved that work so much um, and I met some incredible couples um, and some incredible young people some of them now are married um, some of them are now priests for our diocese mm. um, it was such a, a wonderful time and then started working in the mission office and that's mm -hmm. where Jen and I met of course <laughs> dun, 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 dun. the story gets interesting now um, and and that was such a a different uh, that that stretched me a lot. So um, I'm sure you'll hear more through Jen's stories of the the work in the Dominican Republic, and it is such rich, life giving work. And so much then up until that point had been learning about our faith and the beauty of our faith through um, doctrine and through kind of the doctors of the church and through the beauty of scripture. And then in the DR, it just gets beautifully messy and it's just the living of it and the I mean even even to the extent the DR is the Dominican oh, Republic sorry. <laughs> that's our Thanks. little that's code, our code language yeah. um, and it's it's people who are living such a challenging life in the sense of um, not having all of the resources that we might have that make life easier and yet it's so much easier in some ways for them to love and be generous, as you know. And so um, it was just a whole different angle of, of our faith for me. And that stretched me. I've now been down, up, up the mountain, down to the Dominican Republic, probably 15 times I've watched oh, wow. these people grow. And um, I love them. They're, they're a second family for me, for sure. So that was a part of the journey as well. And I'm a little bit of a diva. Jen will tell you in addition <laughs> to telling you what's around my office. I'm, you know, in some significantly high heels right now. and um, But I'm as comfortable in my hiking boots as I am in my heels. And uh, I learned that I don't need a shower for a week. Um, yes. I didn't think I could have survived that, but I did. Uh, bucket showers and oh, all yeah. that. In the rain. In the rain. Yeah, yeah. Um, the cistern water. That's right. So clean. That's right. What is that swimming in it? Let's not ask questions. No. <laughs> um, you know, so I just learned, I guess, more about me. and um, But then I took a group. So I was working for the mission office, and I took a group of Bishop Moore Catholic High School students. And what happened that week for me was a igniting of the Holy Spirit in a way um that just really shook me to my core and said, God's call, like, I'm calling you to something new. Mm. And so here I am working for our bishop in the chancery office, for the mission office. Um, and I had to come back and say, hey, 
Hey, Bishop. Funny story. <laughs> I think I'm called to something different. And that was very hard because I love um, I loved the work and the people I was working with in the mission. Um, and, and yet such support from our bishop, from our superintendent, um, who said, let's see if we can, you know, support you in that. And, and Bishop Moore, uh, as the Lord does, um, was already trying to look for that position. So, um, so Amanda is, um, Amanda is a Italian, Cuban Italian, um, who is a little feisty, sometimes find things funny that maybe are a little bit, um, I, maybe I'm not supposed to find <laughs> funny. Um, I so I do have sometimes a little um, off sense of humor. Uh, I love um, I love serving the Lord, and I do it imperfectly every day. But the good news is that His grace fills in all those gaps. Um, I fiercely love my family, and um, my husband and I have been on this journey together of growing in faith. Uh, so I couldn't do this work without him and his support for sure. Shout out to you, honey. That's it, Jason Livermore. I love you. Um, and uh, <laughs> and to see now my kids in a space where they're growing in faith and becoming becoming, it makes me realize in a way I didn't before the just the power of being a vessel for God. Mm. You know. You have a beautiful story. And so when you and I met, I don't know if you remember this, but you were in the mission office. I had to go bring paper by. And and you talked about that feisty. I'm going to add the word spicy and spunky as well, <laughs> the, the words. Uh, and here's why. When I went in there, immediately you, you just welcomed me. Mm-hmm. Just as a just as a person walking into the office, I immediately knew that I was welcome. Here I am getting ready to go on this mission to the Dominican Republic. I've never been down there never been on a mission trip that that was a big turning point in my faith walk mm-hmm. back in 2013 just um just the power and i don't need to explain that to you you already know but i walk into your office the chancery and and i immediately felt at ease with you i'm a jokester and, and i think i'm <laughs> funny and then if you laugh i'm even funnier right, right. where i think i am and i remember somehow or other we got to chatting and i'd asked if you'd been down there and and you know this is all new for me you're helping me through the paperwork do you know where i'm going with this no and i remember <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm and, and i remember asking you so you know down there you know because i'm from miami so i grew up with all the cubans right, down in right. miami and so i learned how to speak on the streets and shout out to ics you did a great job but really <laughs> like i learned a lot of my my language on the streets and so i can conjugate verbs very well in spanish however um <laughs> anyhow oh, oh, so no, now i know where this i get <laughs> i get i get into your office i'm chatting with you and i was like so you know how are we going to do down there you know if we're not really good at spanish or are you good at spanish like shoot no i don't know any spanish and and my mouth dropped and i and, and in a good way i was like oh, okay well she knows she's been on there she does the mission if she can do it surely i can do it with my street spanish but i remember walking out of there back to my car and of course being so grateful that 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 God was in that room, mm-hmm. that you welcomed me and, and really called my heart that, yeah, you are being called to this mission, um, which which is it's a, it's a grace that God has given to you and, and just the gifts mm-hmm. of the person that you are. But as I'm walking to my car, I also was smiling and I like to have a good time. You know, I like, I'm goofy and, <laughs> and my friends will all tell you that I'm just, I'm a goofball, but I do have a good heart. And, and I think that I, I I have a gift for seeing those people. But I remember walking to my car thinking, man, this girl's got guts. <laughs> like she's gonna go down there. She's been down there. 
and she does it and she comes back and emanates Christ and the love that's on that mountain and it it just set my heart a little bit more on fire and so I just wanted to add that because I knew she wasn't going to add that <laughs> with her little Spanglish that she knows. I'm sure that in the past six years you've improved your Spanish. A little bit. Un poquito? Bit. Yeah, un poquito. Um, but I have also made a lot of um, mistakes, which, you know, in Spanish, you make uh, just oh, one yeah. letter really makes all the difference. Um, like the time I taught toothbrushing and told a community of 300 people to brush their teeth with grass instead of toothpaste. <laughs> one letter different folks but it makes all the difference so um well i went down on that mission with my friend (laughs) shout out to you suzanne i know you're gonna die right now but this is a funny story she didn't know any spanish and i was Uh, kind of speaking on behalf of her for that mission and so we ended up talking suzanne into teaching a lesson mm. and and i said listen just we sat there that night on the bunk beds and she wrote out the lesson phonetically and we're dictating it to her so she gets in front of the class and she's teaching the lesson of word, space, word, space, using your fingers. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you're supposed to say, period. So she's up there in front of the class. She doesn't know any Spanish. And I love you, Suzanne. I really do. And she gets in. She goes, palabra espacia, palabra espacia, palabra espacia. And at the end, she was supposed to say, punto. Right. And I'm not going to say what oh. she added. So, and, and if you know my buddy, Suzanne, she's so fun and so spunky and spicy like you. This is and she's just got the biggest smile. Like, look, I did. Because that's the end right, of the lesson. Right, right. And she's smiling, and all these teachers that we're teaching are aghast. Right. And Suzanne doesn't know because she thought, well, there's the end of the lesson. So I'm clapping on. Muy bien, señora Suzanne. So they're all clapping, going, okay, not sure why we're clapping. Right. She just said a word to us that she we don't know about. She just said a curse word. <laughs> <laughs> so we That's told her so later, funny. and she was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, but they already know you're silly, so it's good. That's it's right. All good. Oh, that's And that's so you. Funny. So I could see, I could totally see that. So brush uh, your teeth with grass. Brush your teeth with grass. Um, you know, but I will say to your point, <laughs> I think what I've learned more in the last, you know, 15 years of just serving the Lord is the power of our our yes. Um, our lady teaches us that, Mary teaches us that, um, that in our all of our imperfections, I think so often we wait until I know Spanish, until I have the yes. right degree, until I, um, but once I reach this level of, um, of, you know, whatever, you know, we're thinking, then I'll do the thing that God's asked me to do, or then I'll achieve, you know, happiness or whatever. And I think that it's, Um, we can become paralyzed in that instead of just giving our yes and knowing that God's not going to call us unless he plans to use us exactly as we are, that he'll give us the things that we need and that there's beauty in the things that we don't have. There's a humility there. So when I'm in the Dominican Republic, as an example, or here at the high school and there's an area that I'm unfamiliar with. There's something that I need to learn. There's another person there who then is is able to live their whatsoever 168 mm-hmm. because they're able to fill in that space sure. for me. Mm-hmm. So um, if I'm waiting till I've got it all figured out, A, never going to happen, <laughs> and B, that I'm not leaving the door open for other people to add their gifts um, and, and to respond to their right. call. So to take that leap, to, to give that yes, to give, to understand the power of that yes, um, and know that God just wants to take us on this adventure, you know, yeah. all the time. So, right. 
Um, absolutely, because Suzanne came back, and I'll, hopefully I'll have, Lord willing, I'll have Suzanne on the show. She uh, may not come back. <laughs> oh, it will be. That show will be a riot. Uh, we have stories. But she went back, and she was a profound voice, mm. and she still is a profound voice for our friends on that mission, and mm. that was 2013. So even in her, you know, God use our bro- uses our brokenness, like you said. So maybe her Spanish wasn't the, the most perfect, but he's, he still br- led her there, and she went. She she followed. She was inspired by somebody who spoke about the mission. Mm. And so, like you said, she didn't wait. She jumped in, That's and I it. remember being attracted to that, like, wow, like, how about that? Just like you, like, you're going down there, and you're saying yes, and let's go. And I think that that just... Uh, resounds in you that your everyday yes your everyday yes which leads me to your going back let's take this back to your your ministry what are your short-term goals sure well we uh, just grew our team uh, by another person and so short-term goals for here at Bishop Moore Catholic is just always being able to recognize and and really I love in in Matthew when we're talking about can we always still recognize those who are hungry, those who are a stranger, mm. those who are searching? Um, we can sometimes f- see the good that we've done and then think, great, now I'm going to kind of rest in this, you know, the good that we've done. But there's always somebody in need. There's always the one person that's not connecting. And so that's short-term goal. It's for us to recognize of the 1,500, you know, great for the ones we are reaching and who are we still not reaching? <clears throat> Parents as well. I think that's so important. It's not funny that we'll, we'll do that as teachers. We, we, and it's not that this self-aggrandizement mm-hmm. where like, look at all these kids I'm reaching. I, I love that we, we do, we have, you know, God's put that light in our hearts that we, we're happy we've reached you. Now it's your, now you go out. Right. But we're always going, but who didn't I reach? Right. So I love that that you're concerned. It's not so much like, wow, we're doing great things, and you are. You guys at Bishop Moore uh, are doing fantastic things, but it's also, who are we not serving? And so with that being your short-term goal and always looking, what would be the long-term goals here for you? Yeah, long-term, I would say, is continuing to develop a program that really breaks down all of the the walls of what people think a Catholic school Mm. is and to become what the Lord is calling us to be at this time in this place, creating um, a security in this Catholic education here by putting things in place now that means Bishop Moore will be here for generations to come. Uh, And not just financially, although those things are important because of the ebbs and flows of reality of of life, but, but also those really important foundational pieces of our faith, our Catholic identity alive here. Uh, what would it mean to have, um, you know, to have kind of that vision all across the school that says, we're not going to do it like everybody else did and just do that the best. Instead, let's kind of clear off the whole table and say, you know, what's really working for this generation who are on their phones so much, but also who have such a drive for excellence in a way that I didn't when I was in school and I don't remember other kids having. Um, They've done, some of these kids have done things as 15 year olds that I still haven't done as an adult. And I mean, in the best way, I mean, just really beautiful things. Recognizing uh, the beauty and the tradition that has been handed to us, but then also the responsibility of, you know, what are you asking? How are you asking that to come alive today? And and in the future. Okay. 
No so, pressure. <laughs> no. Hop on our team. I love how you talked about the breaking down walls. That that's that resonates with me. And so with that in mind, the breaking down the walls, how if somebody's listening today and they're like, wow, Amanda has like the coolest job. And you and I were talking true. on the phone. Yeah. I'm like, this girl's got the best job. I can't believe they pay her. Like, I'm going to call the bishop, try to hop on board with this. But if somebody's sitting at home thinking, you know, I, I think that I have gifts that I could lend in a role similar to what Amanda's doing. I know that you guys are front runners with this mm-hmm. program that you're doing and, and it's fantastic. But um, if somebody's sitting at home, how can you help them to break down the walls? What, um, how can a person maybe join your ministry any training they might need to do what you're doing? Can you speak on that? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> such a great relationship, too, with many of our youth ministers around the diocese. What's happening at our parishes is so, so important um, for various reasons. Uh, Catholic school, you know, might not be a possibility for some families or might not be what some families choose um, for their kids, but they still want their children to grow in faith. And mm-hmm. so within those youth ministry programs uh, and religious education programs at uh, parishes, there's so much that can be done there uh, for, for students and for families. I actually went through, uh, got my master's through a Loyola uh, New Orleans program, mm-hmm. which was an online program, so I was able to do that while I was still working at the mission office, Okay, um, and that was in pastoral studies, which was basically um, how to how to help people become disciples, really how to work in the church. Uh, it was such a wonderful program. There's so many programs like that now, Augustine Institute, um, Franciscan University, Dayton, depending on um, what you're looking for. Uh, there's a lot of online programs that people can do. Some of them are master's programs and some of them are um, certificate programs. So you can participate in the classes and get a certificate. But even within that, I would say Um, So those are some kind of practical foundational pieces to do a lot of reading, to read things that um, will help you grow in your uh, kind of in your own journey that's along the lines of what you already love, but then also to find some um, recommended Catholic authors that are going to stretch you a little bit like the Dominican Republic experience did for me. So we don't just go where we're comfortable the holy spirit meets us where our comfort zone ends and so we need to constantly go to that space and say where are we where are we jumping off to next lord and how are you asking me to grow um and then reaching out to your parishes or to catholic schools that are near to you um share the gifts that you have um if that gift is in art in interior design in sports in um you're a medical professional you know maybe there's even a way to connect with students through the thing that you're passionate about and the thing that they're passionate about um that also then shows them where god is within that but most of all for me i would say that i could have planned and done and outlined and i did um and i had a whole plan for my life and this is not it and this is so much better than it um because the other piece is to just be, uh, have a heart that is disposed to um, recognizing when God is inviting you to something. So to be open to invitation, because you might be thinking, I wanna, I wanna use my gifts and I wanna help grow the church and I wanna do it this way. And meanwhile, he is showing you other opportunities in ways that you hadn't even considered. Be open to invitation and say yes to those invitations. So, yes, and so you had just said, and I wrote it down, the Holy Spirit meets us where our comfort zone ends, right? Mm-hmm. That's, 
I love that. Mm-hmm. I might I might make a little plaque. Oh yeah, kinda that's like a your, mantra for me. Yeah, kind of sure. like punch the devil in the face, that's right? right. <laughs> I might make one for my little office at home. Um, with that being said, so you you that is the the central part of that though is that we're led by the holy spirit mm-hmm. it I, I always say like lord your will be done not mine right. especially with this whatsoever project i'm like i don't know what you're doing i don't know why you're doing this but i, I know you are so i'm i'm just gonna do i'm gonna go where you're leading me right so letting let inviting that holy spirit in filling in the, those gaps and then moving mm-hmm. um so that's the the very catholic leader answer yeah what is the advice as we we begin to wrap this up what what it what personal advice would you give to somebody if they're interested in in ministry and and maybe in a ministry similar to yours like well if you could go back and do this all over again that kind of advice yeah um i definitely reach out to people who are already doing that and leading in their communities oftentimes uh you know, at least here at Bishop Moore, we may have positions available, but then also if we, we may recognize opportunities after we've met an individual and we say, wow, that person has these gifts and talents. And, um, that's actually something we were looking at for a couple years from now, but we could potentially start something a little bit sooner. Um, you know, connect with, uh, folks at the diocesan level, ask them the direction that our bishop is going, ask them, you know, where they might want to connect, talk to a youth minister, um, a director of faith formation, um, all of those different folks who are doing that, they need help. I'm going to tell you right now, there's too much work for the one person and for right. the hours they're given. Reach out to the mission office and sign up for a trip. Um, those little things that you're sitting there and you have that little like, oh, that sounds interesting. But then you think, no, I don't know, or I'll call later, send that email today, make that phone call today, you know, find that website today, whatever. Just take that leap, that one step today, even if you can't um, see the whole staircase, take that one step today and start walking towards that, that path of, of making those connections. That's so true. What, it, what, is, what do they say in the, in the gospel? The, the harvest is plenty. That's The laborers absolutely. are so few. Absolutely. And, you know, the... Um, one of our teachers here used a phrase that I love. He says, paralysis by analysis. Oh, yeah. You know, is that we yeah. often get ourselves so we're, we're trying to analyze yeah. the whole situation that we don't ever actually take the step. So I would say whatever that little tickle has been. Um, and if you're listening to Jen, I know because she just gets me so inspired and excited. <laughs> Inevitably, there's maybe been something that's been that kind of nibbling at the back of your mind. Um, just take a step. Jen has mentioned a couple of times the sticker that we have in here, um, Hail Mary, full of grace, punch the devil in the face. And I just want to address that because... <laughs> um, Little caveat uh, here. We really are nice, good Catholics. Right. No, I love this sticker, and I don't apologize for it at all. Huh? Um, but I think it's so important because what happens when we start to do great work for the Lord mm. um, is that the evil one is going to try to stop us. Every time, without fail... Um, he cannot create, but he can uh, break down and try to sabotage. destroy and sabotage, and he does, and he will. There is, I think, nothing um, better for his mission of destruction than lukewarm Catholics that aren't actually doing anything, um, because not all we're um, we're sabotaging ourselves at that point. He actually doesn't have to do anything. So when we start kind of actively doing stuff for God, he gets real mad. And so he tries to do things. And some of these things could be in the form of, you know, 
flat tire, um, technology. He's often, as Jen and I can even attest to for today, he, he does, a, it's a very easy for him to kind of finagle things with technology. Um, also with our own self-doubt, with other people kind of in our, in our families or our friendships that are discouraging to us. Um, and I think that we just kind of often have to recognize what it is. And when we call that out, it kind of immediately loses its power. Mm. And Our Lady is such a good uh, kind of powerhouse to have with us. Um, one of my prayers that um, Michelle Ducker, she's from Miami, uh, and she's a, an incredible minister down there at University of Miami. Um, she has this phrase that she says, Mary, give me your heart, give me your heel. Because Mary's face, you see that image of her, and she's, you know, just so receptive and, and um, open to the Holy Spirit, and yet her heel is crushing the head of the serpent at the same time, which is like every mom that's ever been in church and is like pinching their kids back of their <laughs> arm at the same time, because you're thinking like, right. I, yeah, my face looks good, but I'm like also telling my kid that they better get <laughs> better it together. Knock it off. Right, knock it off. Um She's so powerful in um, in the fact that she was not God and yet was able to every time, every time, um, not fall for uh, for the devil's tricks. So, mm. um, so I would just encourage you: just know that you'll meet roadblocks. Invite Mary into that, um, you know, and and call that out and say, "I know what this is," and that just like gives me the motivation to go even harder, even further. Um, Right, so if you can't punch yes. the devil in the face, you can borrow Amanda's high heels right here. That's and why can, I wear them. <laughs> so that double entendre with the heel, That's I'm right, loving it. Right. Let's just heal him in the face. That's right, heal him in the face. So I, I want to wrap this up because I know I know you have to get uh, to the kids. But real quickly, you're doing a lot of feeding. You're really, you're like this flight attendant, right? <laughs> so you're passing out the sodas and getting water and maybe somebody wants a beer and, and pretzels and peanuts. But, and, and you're serving and you're serving, but, and you're feeding, but how is Amanda fed? Mm. Thanks, Jen. To, to, uh, stay, yeah. to keep that fire, to keep that joy. Absolutely. Let's be, I'm going to be honest that some days I'm better at it than others. And if I go enough days without intentionally feeding myself, uh, I, my ministry suffers a hundred percent. So, um, I am attending daily mass here at the school with the mm. students. As it's an optional mass for the students, but as a as something for me, um, of course, on Sundays with my family, I'm attending mass and just there receiving. Uh, and and those sacraments are so so important to me. And I I'm kind of useless without that. But also then trying to do spiritual reading. Um, right now I'm reading Imitation of Christ. Um, that is pretty heady, so I'm reading it in small doses and trying to apply what I'm reading, and then I go back and read another chapter. The good news, the chapters um, are like one page each chapter, um, so you feel real accomplished. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're like, I'm already in chapter 40. Um, but it's uh, I, I'm really appreciating, um, appreciating that. But then also... Um, having those things that are things that I enjoy, like I love cooking. Mm -hmm. So I get home and most people are like, oh, I get home after a long day and the last thing I wanna do is cook. But for me, I really do love it. So that's kind of the way my brain transitions from work Amanda to home Amanda. There might be- So six o'clock, Amanda's inviting all right, of you for dinner. There might be a glass of wine involved. Um, <laughs> my, uh, but you know, I just love time with friends. And I will say that too, I have surrounded myself with 
this group of friends um, that our goal, and we actually verbalized it to each other, was to get each other to heaven. We wow. support each other's marriages. There's a group of 10 of us and then many, many kids, about 30 kids among us. Um, our goal is each other's um, is each other's faith lives too. So wow. that has been very, very rich. And those are the people um, outside of my home and in addition to my extended family that really are very life-giving for me. What so. a blessing. What a yeah. blessing to, to be surrounded um, I'm going to have to get you back on because I really would like to explore that with you. Um, you won't believe those stories. Oh, oh there are stories there. I can there. only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. Be- before we, we shut down, uh, are there any projects you're promoting, any retreats that you're promoting, any, anything that you uh, want the people out there to, to know about for Amanda? Um, I will say just if you could keep Bishop more Catholic in your prayers, we certainly are um, continuing to grow what we're offering our students uh, to develop their faith life, um, what we're offering to our parents. Uh, We do have a family of faith breakfast coming up on September 25th. 25th. uh, And um, those we do once a month. They're for our parents, but as a special for our listeners, if they want to come, they certainly can. Um, and you can look on our website for more information about that. Uh, this year, our whole theme for the school year is the Magnificat. So we're taking different um, pieces of Mary's witness um, and, and breaking those down for our students, but then also at these family of faith breakfasts for our parents. They drop off their students at school and come have free breakfast with us and hear the talk. And so um, you certainly are welcome to that. This theme on the September 25th date, where I'll be presenting um, with my very close friend, Kelly Burt. Oh, we um, can't miss this. Amanda's presenting. Yeah, She'll t- have her heels, too. <laughs> I will definitely have my heels. <laughs> um, but we're presenting about holy friendships, and it's actually oh, wow. Mary and Elizabeth and okay. talking about holy friendships. So I might have to swing yeah. by and be there. And they make great bacon at the... Uh, at the tap room at Dubstread. So. Okay, good to know. <laughs> well, with that in mind, that if somebody's interested and would like to reach out to you and maybe get a little bit more information about your, your ministry, maybe they're a little, they, they don't want to talk to somebody that they know at their parish, so they might want to reach sure, you or maybe absolutely. have some questions about your family of faith. How could people reach you at uh, here at Bishop Moore or in other ways? Yeah, email me at livermoreA at bishopmore.org. Um, and I'd be happy to, to share any resources that I have um, to invite you to some of these events and also just to encourage you on, on your journey to, um, to live your whatsoever. I love it. I love it. So finally, before we head out, the challenge. So we're starting this thing called the uh, 168 Don't Wait, the 168 the number of hours in a week. Yeah. And uh, that was inspired by my shout out to Mrs. Gribben, my seventh grade English and religion teacher at ICS and also she's my confirmation sponsor mm-hmm. and, and I remember she she asked us um, yeah 168 hours in the week you know can you not give God one hour and I know that she meant that she we really are being called to, to have Christ infused in our lives but she was just saying like for that one hour to be fed so then you can go out and feed mm-hmm. so the 168 don't wait challenge is where I want my guests to kind of challenge a person for the next 168 hours. Wow. So that's on you, Amanda. Yeah. What do you have for us? All right. So, well, I talked about uh, saying yes. So I think a big part of my challenge for the 168 would be, um, and really within each 24 hours, for there to be a yes. But in particular, I would say 
um, to look around in your in your world in your day the Lord is going to show you um, I think in a very particular way a stranger who needs welcoming that's the one that's just been mm. on my on my heart you know I was a stranger and you welcomed me so who is that person and what is something that you can do in that 168 to say yes to that invitation um, of welcome and remembering that you're welcoming them um, not just we're not just on our own behalf but on behalf of the Lord to say you are loved um, you matter and uh, so I challenge you within this 168 to to say yes to making somebody feel like they matter so she's asking you to go help a stranger somebody who's coming in that you see as she's crushing a bug on her wall <laughs> everybody's welcome but not you little bug i don't uh, yeah they're not welcome that is fantastic he's welcome in his space that's correct, but not in my space but all are welcome here at bishop moore that's catholic right. high school amanda oh my goodness what a fantastic you've been my guinea pig ah, thank so thank you. you so much i cannot thank you enough for uh coming out in the whatsoever 168 podcast and I'm looking forward to having you back Wonderful. on here. And Happy hopefully too. you will have a little bit of a bigger crowd on September 25th for your um, your family of faith. Wonderful. So thank you so much. And I just wanted to say thank you for breaking down the walls. You got it. You know, that is an amazing thing. And, and not only just the kids, but even mine coming here. So, Amanda, thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh my goodness, I couldn't wait to interview Amanda. That was so much fun. Thank you to Amanda for believing in the Whatsoever 168 podcast and for believing in me and for blessing us all today. If you'd like to see her in person at the Family of Faith Breakfast or if you'd like to contact her, go to our show notes for the links to reach Amanda Livermore. Also, follow us on Instagram at Whatsoever168podcast or you can like us here and follow us. And remember, whatsoever you do, be nice and make your next 168 hours count for Christ. The most lovely person I've found. <laughs>